ברוכים הבאים בשם השם אלך נוכל, ושם עוד כבר הוויק נראה איזה שיר. יונש מסרו זונבסרו חנה ועזה. יבדל חיים תאיבים ושלום מלוכים. הפי ברסטי תל שליח אוקלין בזילנד. מנחם מנדל. רבי מנחם מנדל הכט. שנת הצלחה ברכה ליחסם ושנם. הצלחה רבה מאוד מאוד מאוד. Um, all those listening, uh, the middle of a campaign there to raise money for a new building. They're still approximately, I think, $700,000 short. <laughs> but, the Chabad House has to be a Chabad House. They need to build a mikveh. Um, they had a beautiful Chabad House, which unfortunately they were not able to afford to keep up the rent, and therefore they ultimately had to eva- evacuate. They were thrown out. <coughs> they were vacated. Imagine today's day and age, 2024, and they're still having a Chabad house that can't afford to keep its rent, pay its rent. Mind-boggling. Anyway, where is all the money? Okay, we hope and pray that a voice, some, somewhat of a voice will hold out throughout this year. Sat Nishmaya. We embark now on a new Chumash, Chumash Shemais, the book of Exodus, the first Pasha, Pasha Shemais. And, as we all know, throughout the world, January 1st, Happy New Year. What's so happy? <coughs> What's so happy? The great world celebrates it's happy. A big ball drops, makes it happy. What's happy about the new year? <coughs> because the fact of the matter is, first of all, if you have business with a guy, we expect you to tell them happy new year. And secondly, Mehertaf and Gas, the Gas right, the streets, the streets are screaming Happy New Year. Where does it fit Happy and New Year? Let's go back a few weeks, a few months. When was that? It was called Reish Hashanah. It's not called Shana Chadasha, New Year. It's called Reish Hashanah, the head of the year. On Reish Hashanah, Yidin from all walks of life see to it, they make their way to Shul. Not like Yom Kippur, some cases, most cases. Yom Kippur, everybody manages to get to Shul, at least for Yisker. Rosh Hashanah, unlike any other holiday, people come to shul, they buy their seats for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and the seat somewhat in awe, somewhat in awe. Shtetzach, if you're coming to shul with the same people that you go to shul with every week, sometimes you have what to say, something to talk about, 
But many, many people find that in Rosh Hashanah they have this feeling. They're asking now for their for their livelihood, for their life, for their existence, for their children, for everything that they need to have, they need to sustain themselves with, on Rosh Hashanah. And many or most people shed a tear on Rosh Hashanah, asking of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from all the supplemental prayers and all the prayers that we say, all the feels that we say, we take Rosh Hashanah very, very seriously. And then, as a matter of fact, even foods that we eat, with which we have a special prayer, not just the prayer of the blessing of the, of the food, but we have a special prayer for this food. It's eating this food because it represents, or because it's the same word as, or because of whatever it might be, so that we should receive more blessings from God. And it's two solemn days. Days of awe, as they are known. From Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, the ten days of awe. And we take this very serious. And we very literally say, and rely and depend, Kivakar Edrei. And we are like sheep, and therefore... We're written down, we're inscribed for the year. And I am Kippur, it's sealed. What's going on over here? We're delving into, we're thinking about the whole year, what's going to happen now. And we're asking for the blessings. Mi Anuach, Mi Anuach, Mi Yonu, Mi Yosher, Mi Yichir, Mi Yomus. Who live, who die, who become strong, rich, who become poor, who become. Throughout the prayers of the days, of the ten days of repentance, as they're known, take it very seriously. What happens if we're looking through the year and we say, hey, either I didn't pray properly, or, I'm just not being answered. If there's some kind of, God forbid, a decree against us for something, a heavenly decree, how, what, when, where, do we justify or rectify it? Swaram is brought down. There are New Year's when the rest of the population aside for the Jewish population celebrates their new year they're quite frivolous and there's partying away there's drinking and there's partying and there's eating and there's all mixing etc etc that goes on David looks at this and says Give a cook. Look at the difference between my children and the world. My children taking the new year in a very serious, serious, solemn moment, solemn mood. 
Whereas the rest of the world says, New Year, New Year, New Start, New This, New That, Resolutions, Ha, Ha, Ha. And it's fun, and it's drinking, and eat and drink, and be merry. And they drink, and they imbibe, and they get... Some of them get a little happy, some of them get a little tipsy, some of them get a little drunk, some of them get a little hammered. It's taken in a very, very unbecoming manner. If you're asking for a new year to start to be prosperous, and you wish one another a prosperous new year, or prospero año, whatever you call it, or any language you say it. So the Abishad looks at this and says, Ah. Look at my children, who is like the Jewish nation, one of the world. And therefore, in case I doubted it before, in case I had any doubts on Rosh Hashanah, how to write them down for a good year, I'm now going to inscribe them even better. Because I see how they take in the Rosh Hashanah and how the world does. So therefore, in essence, on the January 1st, when the world is out there with their party hats on, HaKadosh Baruch Hu re-judges the Klal Yisrael and says, Oh! Give a cook Klal Yisrael. Mi kamcha Yisrael gechad v'aretz. You're one of a kind nation. And therefore, I, if chas v'shalom anything was not proper decreed here, I nullify that. And I bring about only blessings and blessings upon you. And I shed, I, Shower you all with blessings because I see now how my true nation exists and lives. Ultimately, after Ashani and Kippur, we have Sukkot, which is the days of joy, culminating with Simchas Teda happiest of joy this year as we all know Tavshin Peydalid started off on a rocky foot where many many Jews were slaughtered men, women, children just for being there We won't talk about where they were. We won't talk about this event. We won't talk about what was going on over there. Because we don't judge other people. According to reports and everything, it was not necessarily the most holiest of places going down. But look at it the other way. Those Achman and Lutzan that were killed died al Hashem. They died because they were Jewish. 
they died in sanctifying God's name. Although they were not exactly shaking Lulu and Essig. Did they receive a punishment from God for acting the way they were? It was not considered, we don't consider punishments. It doesn't get up onto the, it doesn't go onto the table as punishments. Nothing goes onto the table as punishments. We can't judge punishments. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was not happy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was not happy. Is that the reason the results? Not us to, we're not to, there to judge. Right now we have to mourn. We mourn those peoples, we mourn those lives, we mourn our brothers and sisters and children that were slaughtered. And we daven very, very hard for those that are out there defending the rest of the people. And we need to realize that the defense which they are putting in the middle of Gaza or wherever else they are, is not just defending that four cubits around them. We are at large facing once again what happened a few short 80 years ago. There are many people still alive from that era, from that time. And they say literally they're reliving once again what was going on in those days. Leading up to. Ace of Saint Eliakim is a halacha. Matevelech Yaakim is going to say Yisrael. of Yaakov the tent of Yaakov being the Oli of Teda and the Mishkan the dwelling place is within a person himself I become your I want you to make yourself a sanctuary for me I want to dwell amongst you as the uh, very, very stringent exercisers would say, my body is my temple. One needs to know every every step of the way, every step of their lives is not judged. There's nobody out there. If, if they think they're judging you, 
that is in St. America dumb as they come. We don't judge another person. We have no right to judge another person. We have no right to be disappointed in another person. A person cannot let you down. If someone's picking you up in the airport, they don't pick you up in the airport, (laughs) they let you down. They let you down. We can only try to inspire others. We can only try to live as example for others. We can only try to see to it that we are constant either praying or repenting or, or asking for forgiveness for things that we've done and to try to become better and to better ourselves on a constant basis. And that we have to try, we have to do that. That's actually how we have to live and exist. Live by example, as it says. By example, very, very simply, quite literally meaning, living by example, a dugma chaya, a live example, that when a person needs to understand, and needs to ask you, and needs to turn for advice, for friendship, for a shoulder to cry on, to be there, a little mommy or a little tati, whatever you want to be. And to know that at the end of the day, although you want to say, I have no ego, I'm apolitical, and I have no... I don't need anybody to look up to me or to think about me or to me, 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 me. But I keep using the word me in the sentence. At the end of the day, be a person. Be you. Be what you feel is the best for you. Be what you feel is the best for mankind. Be what you feel and understand serves Hashem the best way. I need a break from this. This is overwhelming. So much godliness. Shachas Mincha Maidiv. Ashir. Chitas. Lambam. Where am I supposed to live? What am I supposed to get around? What am I supposed to let my hair down? Truth to be told, there is a Seder Hayyim, there's an order of the day. One wakes up in the morning, one goes to bed at night. In the course, in the span of those hours, those wake hours, are those times that we need to see to it, that we can do, that we can apply, and we can say to ourselves and look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I've done what I can and I am who I should be, and I am proud of what I did. And I don't have regrets. Can everybody do that every day? No. No. Do I need to live to impress somebody else? No. I need to live that my life should make an impression on someone else, perhaps. 
but they're not living there to show, to make that person think, oh, how great that person is. Oh, how special that person is. Oh, how... Anoichi ofar v'eifer. If Avram Avinu can say that, we can definitely. We are just dust and dirt. The amount of years that God gives us on this world, we need to take it and run with it, as we say. But we don't know how many years we've been given. We don't know how many hours we have left. How many people in the middle of mid-sentence all of a sudden just expire? They're talking. Or how many just do so in their sleep? We're not doing percentages. We know that 17% of Rahman al-Islam, the nation, the ones that were killed in the war now in Israel, they're saying now we're killed by friendly fire. Mistakes. Accidents. 17% of those soldiers. Shem Yudashdamam. They have the highest placing on Aden. It's not envious for anyone that has shown they know that they has shown killed a fellow soldier. Even killing an enemy is not swatting a fly. And there are people today that when they see you swat a fly, they cringe. Hey, why did you do that? Why did you snuff out the light for that fly who was bugging the snot out of you? So we need to just apply ourselves and take ourselves whether we need to sometimes as we say in America let our hair down we need to go hang out with a friend or two or three we need to try to make the best of it in a spiritual fashion I can't I'm not a rabbi I'm not a Rebetzin I'm not a this I'm not a yes it's not me. I, I, I can't all of a sudden in the middle of sitting in a bar with a bunch of friends say a Torah. Doesn't work. Good jokes work in a bar. Sometimes not such clean jokes. Nobody judges you. Nobody has a right to judge you. Nobody can tell you I'm disappointed in you, I'm let that you letting me down. There's no such thing. No one has the right except Fakhadish Baruch Can a person tell you improve your choices? It depends. Who are you to tell me? Tera tells us. We need to reprimand our friend. 
it needs to be amisecha. It needs to be somebody that's going to actually be not just susceptible, but acceptable to hearing what you have to say to them. If you don't have credence, creds, points, and if unfortunately the person that you're talking to has eyes that don't look necessarily the best way at people, and are not looking at you in the best way in form or fashion, then the Torah tells us, don't mix in. Zaganisht. You're not Amisecha. You're not the friend. You need to be that friend. You need to be somebody that actually is going to be able to reach out to this person and the person should say, I want to hear what you have to say. If you're not that type of, you're not that level of the person, Shvaik, don't say anything. How do I know where I stand with a person? I have a low self-esteem. And I think, <laughs> as the song goes, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going out to the garden to eat some worms. It could be Takaze. It could be that's the case. It could be that nobody really cares. Nobody gives a hoot what you have to say. Because who are you to tell me? Who are you to judge me? Who are you to think that you have any kind of upper hand or any kind of say in how I should act, live, or behave? Who are you? It could be a sentiment that people have when they look at you. And therefore, it's not yours to go out there and say and to pound and to preach and to reprimand. It's yours to be the best that you can possibly try to be. And show it in any which way that you can to others if they're susceptible to what you have to offer or to say or to think Ashrecha good for you and hopefully you're a good influence on them if Chas V'Shalom they take hate your guts be smart back away and be quiet. Being a Marbid's Tera, giving a, a sheer of Tera, etc., nobody's forced or forcing anyone to listen to you per se. And it's not to you the listening, it's to the Tera that they're presenting, that they're being represented. If you are true, and the Dvarim Yetzim and Halev, they're going out of your heart truly, then they're Nechnasim Halev, they go into the heart, they penetrate the heart of the person.
Chumash Shmeis begins the exile of Amitshayim. The Yidin were put to work. Very, very severe labor. According to some opinions, men were given women's work to do and women were given men's work to do. Which obviously made it that much more backbreaking. Although some men like to be in the kitchen cooking. and rather be in the kitchen cooking than sitting by a computer. And some women, the same, would rather be by a computer than sitting in the kitchen. But neither of them were given a pleasant opportunity. The Teda tells us, they embittered their lives, Kasha with hard work, with material and with bricks, and all works in the field. This is the Lashon of the Pasuk. How, what was the hardship that was given Bechemer of Ulvenim? And Chalaveda Basada. If you keep your score at home, it's Gemara Masech the Seita, the Firalaf Amaralaf. 11 side 1. That tells us. In the beginning, in the end, in the beginning it was making the bricks, the mortar and the bricks, and the end was working in the field. And the Medrash as well, when it elaborates about, he's picking you up, when it elaborates on the beginning of the servitude of the Jews it connects the actual servitude That I deal the money it should have been water, but okay. Anyway, of Mitzrayim to the work of making the bricks. In the beginning, Para gave the Jews work that they liked doing. They had all the materials and everything, and they made the bricks. So he gave them the material to work with. And he would say to them, Work with me, feel good. And he would work with them. He made with them also the venom. He made with them bricks. So they applied themselves. They got very, very... They got overzealous in it to show and to, to 
impress how well they could do it. And the king himself was doing this. But then, the king backed away. This is how I want you standing every day. Every fact in the Tata is not a story. Nothing. There's no storybook in the Tata. Every fact, we need to find the in-depth the deeper meaning of what happened here. Why did the servitude begin with the making of the bricks? What's so special about bricks versus any other job, any other work, any other toil, any other backbreaking? Eventually, first of all, we know that he gave them to begin with the material for it, and in the end he said, no, make your own material for it. So they had to make the bricks, as we say in America, from scratch. And it was backbreaking. For all those, I'm sure you all know exactly how to make a brick. With straw, with this, with the other, to mix it, to grind it. I'm sure you've done it all the time. Generally, the Aveda of a Jew, the service of a Jew in this world, is to build a dwelling place for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. A dwelling place here in this world. How do we build a house? With stones. And the Beisam English had to be built from stones. had to be built from stones and not only the Besamekdash had to be built from stones the stones used in the Besamekdash could not be touched by metal they had to dig from under the ground and bring out stones that were never touched by metal but where did the stones come from? under the ground, under the water You could also build a house from brick, man-made bricks. <coughs> Here we go. What's the fundamental difference between stones and bricks? Stones are created by God. There are four types of species. Daimim, Tzameach, Chaim, Medaber. The Daimim, the stone, the innate creation, it does not talk, does not do anything. The stone is created by, the God, by God Himself. Whereas bricks, bricks are made by people. Bricks, mortar, you have red bricks, you have white bricks, you have whatever brick you want, whatever color you want to make, you make the brick. So therefore, creation of stones, 
itself was done through heaven. And the person has to take them and form them or shape them, but not for the basic English. As we said before, you cannot take them, you cannot cut them with metal. What did they do? You had a very, very large stone. So for transporting, they figured out how to transport, obviously. But if it didn't fit into where it had to go, and it, had, it needed to be brought down to size, for this they had a worm. This worm was placed on top of the stone, and it split the stone. Shamir. And the whole story of how Shleim Melch was able to find it, Ashmedai himself was guarding it, etc., etc. So you need to make, bring it down to size. The stone, the natural stone, which is he, which is from heavenly made, which you found either in the ground or the water, wherever you found it. That you don't have the actual involvement in the creating of this stone. It's a natural phenomenon. A stone. Sachakal <laughs> a stone. Total. We're talking about a regular stone from the ground. And it has a tremendous thing to it, a tremendous plus to it. The fact that it's a creation from God Himself. Now, Yehudah brought brought down. When we walk on the street, we should say words of Terah, Tefillin, Tefillah, of Tehillim. Why? Because when Mashiach comes, the stone will talk. And the stone will say, Bulach, fool, you stepped on me. With what right did you have to step on me? Why are you better than I? And the fact is, we are better because we're Medabar, and because we sit and learn Tera, and we thought, think Tera, and we say the words of Tera and Tefillah. But if we're thinking frivolous things and stupidities and we're not doing anything in spirituality, the stone says, and correct and right, rightfully so, why are you better than me? Why are you stepping on me? And the stone takes the person to task over that. Ouch. You don't want to go to the interior with a stone. Whereas bricks person takes all the material or the ingredients for it and it's baked in an oven in order to be certified to be, to be hardened etc fortified so he takes all these materials that go into a brick melts them down cuts them down breaks and breaks them down grinds them down whatever he has to do to them mixes them up forms and shapes them and puts them in an oven. You have a creation. You have a creation that you've made. 
spiritually we have this as well. When a person is involved in worldly matters, does things in worldly things, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created for him to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's creating a house of stones for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He takes the world stones, stones in the world that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, and he makes from this a base mikdash, a home, a home for the Ibish, a temple. We're talking physically and spiritually, where the person takes what we are given and uses it in the umpteenth level spirituality. May I say Lachaim? There's a nice bottle of mashke, a nice bottle of wine. I'm sure in the drinking world they don't use the word nice. They have something more potent to describe how good that is. Sorry, I'm not savvy. Also, I don't find any any alcohol in such favorable eyes that I say, oh wow, this is the bomb, dope, whatever they want to call it all the expressions that you hear on the streets. But, fact, fact is, that you could take about a cup of wine, take a cup of mashka and you can say l'chaim first of all you make a brach on it secondly you make sure it's kosher l'chaim is the word chaim stands two yudin in the middle the letter yud and yud two yudin come together and you have the other two letters ches and mem cham becomes warm a warm connection forms between them. We sometimes find, Nichnas Yayin Yetzir as the Gemara says, the wine goes in and the secrets come out. When the wine goes in and the secrets come out, sometimes we hear people say things mm-hmm. which they have deep down ingrained within them And sometimes they're good to hear, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes the person will tell you what they really think about you, and that would be sometimes in a positive vein or in a negative vein. 
So obviously if it's in a positive vein, it's a beautiful thing and it makes a beautiful happy situation. And when you tell the person anything good about them or anything how you feel about them in a positive way, give out Sometimes though, then you let it into somebody, you rip it into somebody, and you tell them what you think of them. There's three times we find a person really, really telling the truth, the way you affect a person. If you affect a person financially, if the person lashes out at you when they're angry at you, or the person speaks to you when they're inebriated. That's when you hear the truth of the person. So sometimes when they're in anger, they'll unleash on you the wrath, as we say, wrath that you rightfully deserved. And sometimes, even when they're angry, they will reprimand, but in a way of love, caring and then the same thing when the person is inebriated under the influence also they will talk from their hearts and they will let you know they will express to you inner feelings deep feelings not always you want to hear them But then again, sometimes when they're in a positive vein, it encourages and lets you move on and helps you to move on. The highest level, the service of Hashem, is not that a, per, a person doesn't suffice, suffice themselves by seeing to it that we're helping creation, mankind, in Yonikidusha, in spiritual and holy ways, but rather they form a new, a new creation and they turn over bad into good. They make darkness light. They build Levanim. They build bricks. Each thing is a brick, a new creation in the world through the actual toil of the person. <coughs> this is the spiritual connotation of the bricks with which the exile of Egypt began. And therefore the Torah hints to us the main Aveda in the time of Golos our main service that we have now in the time of exile, which the Golos Mitzrayim, the exile of Egypt, is a reflection on all the other exiles, is making Levanim. Turning bad into good and darkness to light. And this is a preparation 
a fitting preparation for the Gula. In which we turn over the Metzius of the world. We turn over the essence of the existence of this world. That even though that now we are in a dark place of Cheshach and Klippes, in the future, from this itself, from this low place in which we are in, we will see to it that we apply and that we make the lively kayim yoir, as Dabar Melech says in Tehillim. The light will shine like day. The night will shine like day. And this we done through our Aveda of Chaymer and Venim. If today's day is a preparation for Mashiach Tzadkenu and may it be Bekar of Mamash. One of the hardest things are, as we know, is that Karasatev, recognition of how a person, if a, if a person did anything good for us, we don't always judge, we can't always judge what's good, what's not good, but if they did something good for us, it needs to be recognized. Pushing that away, is the decree of Yipari was to throw the sons <coughs> into the river. And the daughters that live. Throw the boys into the river of the Yitzhara, of all the bad things that you could, they could possibly be affected by. But the Bas, the girls, he wanted Tachayim to make them live, live the lives of the high life, the high rolling life of the Egyptian. Whether it be involved in Chachmas Umas things educational wise, of the worldly fashion, whether they become whatever the world's dictate or style is today, they become part of that, part of the mother that sneers, falls aside their approach is frivolous their thought pattern gets very very involved where they have to find themselves in their own ways and Taylor does not suffice it They have to express themselves in their own ways where not Taylor does not Hashem suffice itself per se, doesn't talk to them, it doesn't relate to them, it doesn't they don't find solace in words of Teda, they don't find solace in words of Tefillah, they don't find the connection with Davra Malak and his Tehillim. 
or is the woman of yesteryear that would sit and read Sanarana? This is what Pari, exactly what Pari wanted. Don't be involved in those things. Understand how you have to dress. Understand how you have to present yourself. Understand that you can achieve just as much as any other person, any other man can achieve. Akira Sabayas is somebody, it's other women. I have to be a career person. I have to follow a career. I have to be self-supportive. I have to be I. Sometimes, there's nobody else to help you with it. There's nobody else out there helping you. Obviously, you have to be you. You have to do what you can. You have to be the best that you can be. But one needs to look for those options, and this is why, I mean, the truth is, I can't even tell you that's why people get married, so they can have a husband to help them with that, because sometimes, <coughs> many cases, and it should be, in more cases than there should be thus, of men that sit and learn tater all day, and the women go to work. They're the supporters. HaKadosh Baruch is the supporter. David just sends the sustenance. I don't see it. I can't pay my bills. I can't pay my phone bill. I can't pay my electric bill. I can't pay my car bill. I can't pay this. I can't pay that. What's going on? I need to be a vessel. I need to be a keli. You need to be a keli to that. The man needs to do it with Tefillah Metzibah three times a day. And Kvisitim Lateda. And a woman needs to have the Kvisitim Kashis and the Tzniyas, etc. That they have to be able to apply themselves to. And the Tzniyas... Mm-hmm. Of, a, of a level that we don't really, mm-hmm. that we can't really even mm-hmm. fathom in our own way. We are own in our own rights, don't have any, the knowledge of how. And sometimes you look in the summertime where the woman has to put up with its knees, and you say, wow, I don't know if I could do that. And that's why... It says, In the merit of the righteous women that will be ultimately redeemed from Golas. It's in their merit that we have, that we can exist. Moshe went out and the Parashat continues, says that he was walking through the streets of Egypt and he saw a Mitzri beating a Jew and he pronounced God's name and the Mitzri was buried. Then there were two Jews in an altercation on the next day. Tera tells us he saw one Jew lifting a hand to another. He didn't hit him necessarily, but he lifted his hand. And immediately referred to the person of Yemele Rosh Shalom Sakriacha. He said to the Russia, to the wicked one, Why are you hitting your friend? To this the Jew answered him, Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? And they went and told Pare that Mesha killed the Mitzri. 
Or, at that point, Moshe got frightened and said, how, does, how is this known? Melish Nachum explains that Moshe suspected not only his own lot, but the lot of the nation was involved here. Because people are talking Lashon Hara. And if they're talking Lashon Hara, how can they possibly merit redemption? Another matter says that this is how he understood how they became servants, how they became slaves. He said, Why did the Jews sin? What sin did they do to perform to become servants to others? Again, he heard Lashon Hara between them. In that case, he says, how can they be fit for Geula? Golas Mitzrayim, we know, was because of Avedizara. This held back the Geula. So what was it that the Jews sinned? Can it be Lashon Hara that's worse than Avedizara? And this continues our Golas. This is the essence of the Gulas of Mitzrayim that Raman brings down. The, the beams of the Jewish nation, the Aves, inherited to us the belief in God. Umashi Yidas Hashem, we are a nation that knows God. And therefore, they were there for a lengthy time. They went back on their ways. And he, and he crowned them to become his nation, his inheritance. Here we see that before they went out of Mitzrayim, the ways of the Jews, where they became a Ummah Shiyadas Im Hashem, they knew with God. And this Mitzrayim was trying to take away from them. And this is what Akash Baruch chose them and pulled them out from there, the thorns out from amongst the bushes. The roses out from amongst the thorns. Not because they were so good, because they were not fit to even get out of Gullus. However, when Moshe saw that the Amisal talks Lashon Hara, and they're not together, they're not united, they're hurting one another, this was beyond, and he did not know how they'd be ever be redeemed. And therefore, we have to unite, unite for our brethren in Israel, brethren throughout the world. We have to stay together. We have to become a nation that's fitting for Eibush's Geula as one nation, as we stand together, united, we stand, and this way we'll merit the Geula mitz Hashlema Bekarev Mamish. This Shabbos in Yerushalayim, Yerakadosh, Shabbos to all.